Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, Down There, Sexual and Reproductive Health, The Wise Woman Way. And Abundantly Well, Seven Medicines, The Wise Woman Way, the newest book in the Wise Woman Herbal Series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Knees, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Good evening. Hello, everyone. This is Sarah Ellen. Um, I am looking for Susan in the queue. She's on the road tonight. I see a hand raised. Let's see if this is Susan in the 909. Susan? Hi, Sarah Ellen. Hi. How are you this evening? I am very well. How about you? 
Also doing very well, thanks. Here I am out in Pomona, California, which is near Los Angeles. And we've been going for walks and having a grand time. Picked some dandelion. We had some dandelion from the curbside in our omelet this morning. And someone said, how do you know it hasn't been sprayed? I said, it's alive. <laughs> right, if it had been sprayed, it would be dead. Right, so right. The, the very fact that it's a weed and it's alive means it has not been sprayed. And um, there was a, a big group of uh, the cactus that I learned to call Sabra uh, cactus in um, Israel. And it's the one that has the uh, nopali, the edible fruit. And there were uh, signs, dual signs in English and Spanish that said, share, just take some. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, how wonderful to be encouraging about people, harvesting them. That's so beautiful. And to, a reminder that you're not the only one here, thank you. Mhm. And of course, I've been barefoot while doing that. Certainly not what I left behind. What I left behind is the burr. Teen, teen, teenage temperatures. <laughs> what is the weather there? Seventies or sixties? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it cold there where you are now? Uh, it was very cold. We went down to feels like minus temperatures and actuals into the 12s and 11s. But we are back. That's what I said. Yeah, teenage 7. temperatures. 13, yeah, 14, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was cold and the wind was fierce. So that makes it not my favorite. Yeah. Not when it's that cold. Fighting wind. Right. Ooh. Uh-huh. So yeah, glad glad that glad that all of the tidying up has been done. The hoses are drained, the pumps are turned off, the plants are inside, the firewood is stacked. You know, I love winter because it seems like such a reward. I do agree. Oh, on that level, so much. It's almost like okay, phew. Sit back, put my feet up for a minute. This is nice. <laughs> right. It's like, okay, we got it all yeah. done. Yeah. How about a yeah, cup of hot chocolate? And, right. Toast those feet. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm doing uh, a little bit of sleep here. I ordered a few conifers, um, Arbor Day Foundation, and they're just tiny little ones, but still enough time to get them in the ground. So I was doing that today. <laughs> Nice, nice. And I was talking about, you know, there was a slippery elm tree that grew by my pond. And before it died of the elm disease, it actually flowered and had seeds. And those seeds fell into the flower pots that I had on the deck. And there were maybe 20 baby slippery elm trees that grew up in those pots. And I have, over the years, just one by one, given them away to people. And it's been amazing to me what they will do. You know, I have like, some of them are in tiny pots, like six-inch pots, eight-inch pots, or really small pots. And you take them out of there and like, you know, cut the roots. You have to like really distress them and plant them and bam, they really start growing into trees. Wow. I mean, I've but being seen kept, them in those pots. being kept like that in the pots, 
they never get big enough to flower, and they never get big enough to get the elm disease. I've had some of them in those pots for over 20 years. Oh, that's fascinating. So because they don't flower, there's a correlation that they that is what brings... I guess. Wow, That's the only interesting. thing I can think. Yeah, I had never you know, thought about it that much before. I know that when I started using slippery elm, people said you shouldn't use slippery elm because elms are endangered because of the elm disease, and you have to kill the tree to get the slippery elm powder. And first of all, I didn't think that was true, certainly from what I knew about um, the parts of trees that herbalists use. Mm-hmm. And even though it says the bark, that's one of those things that herbalists do. It's not really the bark at all. It's mm-hmm. the inner bark. And there's not easy access to the inner bark if you cut the tree down. You want branches. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? And you're right. not going to. You don't kill a tree to cut a branch off of it. Mm-mm. No, certainly not. <laughs> And I, yeah. right. I certainly, in all the decades that I've used and promoted the use of slippery elm, have not seen there be fewer slippery elm trees. So, I feel pretty assured that it's okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that slippery elm is a sustainable herbal medicine that I'm glad to have. We call it the slippery elm forest. Yes. Right, yes. it lives in one, one corner of the deck. And it, it, it's where the mother tree grew. So I always figured that would be mm. like they'd like. Nice. So yep. Nice. So we're coming mm-hmm. up to, to a holiday here in the United States. And it's an interesting holiday. It's a holiday called Thanksgiving. And so just right there, I mean, good deal. Let's set aside a day. To be thankful. Whoa. Let's make being thankful a national holiday like, hey, that's wonderful. So just at the very basic level of it, let's be in a state of gratitude. Let's really enjoy this time that's set aside for thanksgiving. Unfortunately, what seems to happen is that we get very involved in a lot of things that we think that we have to do, and we get very resentful about doing these things that we have to do that we don't really want to do at all. And so we wind up not feeling that thankfulness. Hmm. Thinking about it, for sure, but the feeling of it is what we really want, isn't it? Like that that sense that, that well, what we were talking about, you know, it's a gratitude that we feel, ah, you know, I have worked hard during the spring and the summer and the fall, and now I am grateful that here comes the cold weather, and I don't, I'm, really nothing more is expected of me than to stay alive and keep the animals in my care alive. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So how grateful, and let it, you know, how how can it be that gratitude that that warms us from the inside during the winter time? Mm. 
Mm. And, of course, my granddaughter, a Thanksgiving baby, born the day before Thanksgiving and celebrating oh. her, her birthday. And, you know, she's had exciting and marvelous birthdays, including a birthday at Disneyland and a birthday at the Eiffel Tower, because that's where she wanted to have her birthday dinner was at the Eiffel Tower. And so this year, since she's in, in transit, um, and that's why I'm here in California, they're in transit to Costa Rica, um, she's been kind of tossing and turning as to what to do, and of course she had a party back home before we left with her peers. And so today she said she was thinking maybe we could go to an arboretum somewhere, um, it being sunny California, and then go out and have some really good sushi. Oh, and yeah, that sounds like a good plan to me. Mhm. Mhm. The new correspondence course is done. I have a version of it that I'm going over, and of course, finding more typos because every time I correct a typo, it's an opportunity to make a typo. So we are going along, and. Um, you know, working on that motivational tack and kind of rewriting the um, the whole story of the correspondence courses. So look for that to be coming uh, your way very, very soon, within a week or two, and you'll see um, all the exciting news about the correspondence courses and the new way they're going to be and the new correspondence course sharing people's medicine. Mm. And I tell you that I thought I was pretty much done with the course and then I was almost awakened um, from my sleep. It was kind of like, it wasn't like that kind of ah, awakening. It was just kind of this slow coming to consciousness in the dark. And, and, um, I don't even really know how to explain it. Um, it's not like I saw anything or I heard anything. But I knew with every bit of my being um, that I had left something out. Mm. And I said, okay, I'm going to go back to sleep, so tell me what what it is that I left out. <laughs> and when I woke up in the morning, I wrote another project call. Each one of the projects is share something, you know. And this is share the spirit of the plants. Oh. oh. It was, yeah, it was very, I, I really felt very um, touched that the spirit of the plant said, Psst, hey, did you, did you forget us? Nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. along about now, along about now, I often talk about who our guest is going to be. And who our guest is going to be is someone who's decided to spend this time with their family. And I'm so glad that they made that decision. However, it means they can't be with us tonight. So that means that you and I and all of the people out there are going to have to carry on for the entire two hours. Are you up for it? I sure am. Yes, indeed. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> so um, are there any people with questions? right now. Usually I also ask you how things are going with you, but I thought if there were questions, we could get into those, and we'll have plenty of time to talk toward the end of the show. 
Sure. At this time, I do not see any hands raised, um, but I will remind everyone listening that if you've got a question for Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hand in the queue. And if you see a hand raised now, it's 845 area code from the 845. You are live with Susan. Happy Thanksgiving, Susan. And happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Let me take you off the speaker here. Oh, that's so much better. Yes, hi. I, well, I called in. I had to hang up and call back because it was um, there was a a problem with the volume. It was so odd. I think it's all my fault. I, and seriously, I do. But anyway, I'm so glad. I was like, oh no. I was like, Susan's away, and we can't hear her. She's in the tunnel far, far away. Far away. But here, you but know what? This connection is better than the usual when you're home. Great. That's wonderful. Well, I scouted out a landline. Well, you did good. Yeah, because I'm always annoyed when people call from cell phones. The sound quality is not good. And the phone I usually call on is not a cell phone, it, it, but it's not really a landline either. It's called an internet line, so it's kind of in between. Oh, I remember those, and I know they still exist. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, so they what's don't happening work too with good you? overseas. Huh? Uh, what's happening with yeah. you? Oh, I have to call back about the lemongrass. I called last week. And I've been looking and Googling, and uh, I really don't have any books about it. Um, not a lot of information available about it, except... The no, there's not. Yep. So, you said you grow it, and I was just wondering how you start it, probably from a grocery store plant with roots? That's one way to do it. Um, I have... Um, um, nearby me, a wonderful woman who um, keeps greenhouses, and she likes um, really? things alike. Well, near you is and near me. Grass and cactus, yeah. Bazaar, oh, and the bazaar. cactus too. I I just learned the prickly pear can withstand our winters. Yes. I had yes. no idea. Amazingly hardy plant. Wow. So it's yeah. Bazank- it's Bazankos. Zankos? Ba Bazankos. Buzz like oh, B does. Buzz Bazankos greenhouse. Really? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Thank you for the tip. And it's um between Kingston and Socrates. My mom had um well, she had a household of 11 people, so she didn't have time for work outside the house much for a long time until most of us were gone. But uh, while we were home, she was very innovative, and she had uh, two, three greenhouses going, selling plants and stuff like that. I love these like middle-of-the-nowhere woods greenhouses. They're the best. <laughs> and and my yes. first job was macrameing the jute 
uh, which I'm not really sure what that's made out of when I say J-U-T-E, jute. Jute is a, a palm, a palm fiber. It's a palm. Like, oh, yeah, it seems like a I palm. Believe. It's very ouchy on your fingers. Like Very ouchy on your fingers. Very stiff, yes. When you're young, you can handle it, but after a few years, you're like, ouch. And then you mm-hmm. learn to get the synthetic blends, you know, with the blend. Oh, speaking of um, cord, cordage. Yes. This is the time of year, right, to get the stalks and uh, dry them out to make the cordage? You know, I was reading about making nettle fiber. And you can actually <gasps> do it any time that, that the stalks are tall. Yeah, well, so many other plants, too. Like, oh, wow. And there's really, really, clay. Yeah, yeah, really good directions online for making fiber from nettle and other plants as well. As a matter of fact, that's one of the projects in Share People's Medicine is make a basket for really? cordage or paper from a plant. Oh, that's wonderful. Or paper. I've made paper. Oh, tell us. What, what plants did you use? Well, you take, uh, like, some bark, like you're saying, and I believe you mm-hmm. have to have the cadmium, the inner layer, the middle layer. Right. And you smash it up like a mortar and, and a pestle up, right. and make a paste, like, and add water. Smash, wow. smash, smash, paste, paste, paste. And then, like, a silk screen, you somehow got to get it flat. Right, you got to get a, it flat. On a hard surface. And then take something, you know, and smooth it out. And then right, you're able to, like, lift it up on a screen or something to dry. Yeah. I remember correctly. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. I think that's right. I think that's... I yeah, think that's and, the and then we used to make our own too. inks and paint them like we were, like, Chinese people living in the Himalayas. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we were the craziest teenagers uh, probably in all of Ulster County. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were something else. That's where I learned how to make uh, my first tea, which was white pine tea in the middle white of... White pine tea. Yeah. In the... Oh, by the way, you have your new... Uh, um, uh, HealthyLife.net um, tree for this month on on white pine, correct? Yes, correct. And what a wonderful I'm time wait- I had putting that show together. Oh, I can't wait. I, I've been and saving the, it up because I've done it three times. I believe the crew is focused has put my article about pine in this week's easy. Who Either did? This week or um, I think it was last week's easy. You know, we send out a weekly Your e-zine. e-zine. My e-zine. It is. And I think I, and last week they put uh, my article yeah. on my phone. I'm I'm not like a big tech uh receiver. I got I got eyes like your mama. Right, got it. Understood. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get around, but you know, right, I right. like to I like to listen. You know? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. You know what I like about tech, though, is that um, there's this great background, which you can put in the nighttime. Like, I think it's like uh, a yellow light, turn the blue off, and um, it's much gentler. But you can blow everything up. And then somebody told me if you have bad eyes, you take a picture of the of whatever you're looking at and then uh-huh. look at it and just blow it up. And blow that up. Oh, is that Blow that idea? up. 
<laughs> yeah. Isn't that something? Isn't that I'm something? Like, I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I need, like, three telephones or maybe 30, one for each indirection because I don't like keeping everything on at the same time. Or, you know, how you're just, like, on the phone, all of a sudden it takes a picture of, like, wherever you are. I'm like, oh, my God. So the lemongrass. Um, so the lemongrass. Do you harvest it at any particular time or whenever you need it? And I, I think you just yes. like lop it down to the. I like, do. I just, I just whenever I want to have some, I harvest some. And I know that the culinary use is the root, but I don't harvest my root because it would. No, no, because you want to grow back. Right, but I know that they do. That they, they don't I like. Know say, oh dear, this will kill the plant. They just grow lots and lots of it. And it's yeah, kind of like, uh-huh. you know, I go out to my herb garden and I do pull out the grass, you know. I, of course, I feed it to the rabbits. And da, da, da. But nonetheless, I am pulling out the grass and I could imagine in a tropical place where instead of it just being grass, it's like lemongrass, but you're still pulling it out by the handful so the other plants can grow. Have you ever been anywhere where it grows wild? Because it looks like it grows like four or five feet tall. It might. What I have in a pot, of course, doesn't grow that tall, but that's just yeah. because it's in a pot. No, well, you have to bring it in the house. How big is your and pot? I, it could be bigger. It's not that big because I don't have right. a lot of room in the house, so I don't like to yeah, put things either, in, right. really big, in really big pots. But you don't eat that much of it either. Like one stalk must go a long way, right? Well, I just generally use it. I really like uh, lemongrass and lemon verbena if I want a lemony cup of tea. A tea? uh, Of tea. I'm not a big lemon balm lover. uh, Oh, did I say lemon balm? No, you did not. Not at all. I'm just saying that that's what I use it for. Yeah, nor am I. Yeah, that's a little, like, really strong lemony, like, it almost tastes artificial Mhm, mhm. I know uh, there are a lot of a lot of people who who really appreciate lemon balm, and I just so I just always say, well, I don't really appreciate lemon balm, but I really like lemongrass and lemon verbena. And so, no matter what lemony flavor you like, there's some lemony plant for you. Well, I'm I like you know I like certain tastes, and if I had to go on an island and pick three things, lemon would be in one of them. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, what I like is the um, anti-inflammatory effects. Um, When I first tasted lemon balm, you know, and and cilantro, I thought they both tasted like soap. Oh, dear. And I don't know what that's supposed to mean, but they're my favorite, like, okay, I would take probably lemons. Uh, what did I just say? Um, lemongrass. Lemon. Right, lemongrass. Uh huh. And you know something in the mint family, like I don't know cilantro. Mm. But why not? Right. <laughs> Except cilantro is not in the mint family. Oh, it's not. Mint. No, it's oh, it's not in the mint family. Cilantro is not in the mint family? It's in the dill family. Dill? Mm-hmm. Huh. How odd, because dill likes it hot and cilantro likes it cold. 
Well, I guess it's not odd. So, Susan, are you coming back for Thanksgiving, or are you spending it out there in the warm weather? Oh, I will be back Friday, so that's the day after Thanksgiving. Well, that's close enough. So, I will get to have a little time with with my goats of Thanksgiving. One of the uh, things that that happens in the woods where I live is that hunting season opens. Oh, I forgot about that on Thanksgiving. And there are so, yes, and there are so many Oh, my gosh. You're bringing me back to eight years old when I first moved up here and everybody went out in their hunting jackets and came back with a deer and hung it up by the tree upside down. And I'm eight years old going, what the fuck is this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we had to eat it. And I remember, like, my mother was like, I can't do it. And... Like, I wanted to cry, but I taste it, and I was like, I like it, you know. <laughs> there you go. Interesting, eh? Yeah, well, my mother just had a baby, so I don't know if that any, you know, maybe post. Oh, speaking of uh, women, um, I, I have a question, a serious woman question. Um, I went into menopause. Uh, technically, you know, menstruating like 10 years ago. Okay. And then, like, I had, like, maybe a few months in because it was, you know, the summer, in the summer months. I was fine for a few months because it happened in the winter. But then when summer hit a few months, I was, like, not fine. And I wanted to pass out all the time. And then it went away and never saw it again. And now it's, like, seems to be happening again 10 years later is that odd or so you're so you're you're saying that about 10 years ago yeah you pretty much stopped menstruating exactly 10 years ago like exactly 10 years ago to the day almost was your was your last period yes in fact i think it was uh february was my last one and, and leading, uh, up, leading up to that, the, you weren't having hot flashes. No, leading, I had no, no idea it was happening. In fact, I thought I was pregnant. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, in May, I thought I was pregnant, and then I took a test, took another test, took another test, because I just didn't know what else to think. And there was no sign, warning, or anything. Just bam, lights out. So it was like one month you were bleeding and the next month you weren't and it never came back. Yeah. And I wow. was like having sex and everything. And as soon as it happened, I didn't want sex anymore. That should have been a clue. But I thought oh it was my just gosh. like maybe the guy I was with. And I don't know. Right. <laughs> right, right. Uh, because, you know, it wasn't that great, I got to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Well, one of them things. You know, my my understanding of the hot flash is that the hot flash is like your kundalini training wheels. Training wheels. Have you huh. heard you've heard you've heard of kundalini, right? Of course I have. I'm woodstocker. So when kundalini moves up the spine, it has to go through any blockages or impediments in any of the chakras. 
It goes through it like a sword? No. Like electrical like electrical current. Huh. Because it is electricity. I was just thinking so about that the different ele- energy. So that like electrical this. current it's stirs. Electrical. It's electrical. And that electrical right. current and stirs. I, ha- I get problems with that in my spinal cord from an injury. So this is starting to make sense now. So it stirs up what's in the chakras. The, the power oh. of that electricity oh. stirs things. And the things that are the most tightly packed or the the densest are the things that are going to get stirred up the most. Yeah, but there's a lot of chakras. There are. And so it's not like Kundalini goes through the root chakra, then the belly chakra, then the solar plexus. Yeah, I didn't it think goes, so. It doesn't. It huh. goes, you notice it first in the place where there's the most constriction. Oh, well, that because would that's be where the vascular, that's the heart, right? Right. That's where it has to shake you loose. Oh, this makes sense now. All right. I get it now. I see. And did, did you know, I, I never knew, only one person uttered it to me, and I don't know if I should even say it on the line, but why not? It's science that... The heart own chakras that go around it, mini chakras, and I believe they're supposed to be included. This must be what included in the amount of chakras. So instead of what's the normal seven, there isn't any normal. Every acupuncture point is a chakra. Well, I want to say there's like six other ones around the heart. But that's that's thirteen, and I'm thinking, you know, when we when we're uh, when the egg and the sperm uh, are doing their little dance, I think at right after the uh, sperm penetrates the egg, I think the rest of the I think like eight sperm dance around. The the egg that's been fertilized, like they they just spiral around, like woo, like a but the sperm does not pen, the, woo-hoo, the sperm does not penetrate the egg. The it happens. doesn't. No, the sperm all cluster around the egg, and the egg yes. softens and makes an entrance for the one it wants. For the wide ones. For whatever whatever sperm the egg decides is the one. It oh, makes what, right. The egg makes well, an opening. It is not the sperm's decision. The sperm, it's not the fastest sperm. It's not the strongest sperm. It's not the penetrating sperm. It's the patient sperm. It's the what sperm? Patient. Patient? Oh, yes. the one that knows. The one just that to... gets the nod. Oh. Like like a bunch of animals trying to f- feed on, like when you throw out something and, you know, that one that always just sits there seems to get the most. Well, the patient actual one. decision by the egg to make a certain spot on its covering soft enough for the sperm to enter. That no, it's not the egg enter. decision. It's the universe's decision. 
The universe is an egg. It is the egg's decision. <laughs> what was that? What did you say about the universe? The universe is, an, the universe is an egg, so it must be the egg's decision. Hey, Sarah Ellen, are we talking too long? Are there other people waiting? Um, actually, at this time, I do not see any other hands raised. Um, right. So I'll remind everyone. All right. Well, so, let me know if there's anything so, else I can help so you with. So could you... Could you tell me, like, uh, on my question, if there's anything about this 10 years later hot flash thing that's, like, really going on? And actually, sometimes I like the hot flashes in the mm-hmm. winter when I usually mm-hmm. am cold, mm-hmm. but in the mm-hmm. summer, it's not too good. Well, I, I, my understanding is that menopause actually takes about 10 years. Really? Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. Yeah, in the same wow. way that in the same way that puberty is not just that one day that you start bleeding. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It takes about just, ten years. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a lot of adjusting and things oh, wow. that are going on, not just physically but psychologically, and the ways that you're seeing yourself. And right, and, that too. And my sense of it is that something pretty major either has shifted or will shift in your life. And Can you just... write a book about this? <laughs> I did. It's called New Menopausal Years of Eyes on the Right. <laughs> I used to have it. I used to have quite a few of your books. I, I yeah. gave them all out, eyes alone. Well, especially if you, can't, if you can't see, they're not ideal for you. Say well, that again? Will, if you can't see, they're not an ideal full format for you. And... Um, but yes, I, I, in New Menopause Years, does it even has diagrams about the Kundalini and the chakras? Oh wait, you on. have the new one. I ha- I had the old one. Oh, uh, yeah, I should buy some books. New yeah. Menopause Years. But again, can like. can you just like read them? I love your voice, and read them on like uh, a tape, and then we can buy oh, that, that for extra. Wonderful, you know, I actually had done that, and the woman who had all these files went for like. Some test, and they discovered she had cancer. And boy, before you know it, the woman was dead. And we were only able to get the files for Healing Wise. So we have we have the audio version of Healing Wise. And then we had just signed a contract with the firm, which was going to record the other books when COVID broke out, and they like shut down. Wow. So we're working on it. It's cause something that I've been continually. Working it just on. came out of my head. I hope That's you don't mind flag. me being so forward. Not a, oh, not at all. I, too, think it's a really great idea. And I was just um, reading something that somebody had written about, that he got a chance to read his own book uh, for the audio book. And he said, and, and P.S., I just want you to know, it's a lot better than the written book. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Because he says, I took liberties, you know, I elaborated, I added this, the meditations are much better. Um, uh, and how absolutely wonderful. Do you ever just record yourself in thought and then there's the fodder for your project? No, because it doesn't really work that way. Thoughts and writing are very different. They are. Um Actually, I in don't the, in the do same that way either. That say, People oh, are pretty astounded. Like, how can you remember it all? I'm like, either it's rememberable or it's not worth remembering. Exactly. 
Yeah, exactly. If I don't remember yeah. it, then obviously I didn't need to remember it. Excuse me. Wasn't You've important taken me. Included, especially because I, I, it's not like I think I'm infallible, you know. Here I say, oh, well, this project is done. And then I have this disturbing dream. It says you've left something out. Well, I'm going to pay attention to that and say, okay, well, fill me in here. So we're, you know, I'm actively uh, looking for. Uh, well, be, I like what you said about your that. new project um, with sharing the medicine and your new re- revelation. I, I really appreciate everything you do and say. Um, I wish I could access uh, the the new modern technology. Uh, it's it's actually not that I probably couldn't. It's just so well, this difficult. Well, correspondence course. It doesn't partake of modern technology. Well, again, my eyes, you know. And I understand. I, I just like to hear your voice. Said. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'm well, you sorry, know, that's that's, a, an, that's an idea that we might come up with too. Perhaps I should sit down, and it wouldn't take that long to no. record the correspondence course, and then there'd be an audio thinking. version of the correspondence course. That would be great. I think would that would be, be great. Fun? <laughs> I love it because it's better than even a radio show because you're the host. Yeah, with and the then, most, and, right? And there's certainly no no reason why you couldn't work with the plants, even if you can't see well enough to read something. I think a lot of your listeners are probably old, like us, and oh my really gosh. would just oh. like to lay down and listen. <laughs> you know, lay down and listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is remember my this is a motivational correspondence course like, it's designed to make you get up and go do. <laughs> so speaking uh, of getting up and going and doing, I am doing just the opposite here, and I finally am like starting to um really discover who I am. Wow. It's so phenomenal. I'm like, how did how did these things escape me? You know, but I think we get caught up in the material attachment kind of world, you know that dictates, you know, what's good and what's not good and this and that and the other thing. So I'm really starting to pay attention and let myself have what have its way, whatever it wants to do. All right, <laughs> all right. Just so phenomenal and eye-opening, uh, like, wow, like this is valuable stuff. I thought it was like uh, my Achilles heel, but no, it, it's it's like it's like an analgesic. It's it like just makes me feel like. No pain at all to find out who I really am. Even though the initial shock is, like, alarming. Like, it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die or freak out or just cry myself to death, you know. Well, I I did say die, but I want to tell you how. That's, that's, (laughs) That's part of what, that is exactly part of what we do in menopause. Right, there's that really? song no, that Marie Summerwood wrote, right? There's an old woman I'm beginning to know. Death to me the maiden, death to me the mother. Honor to me the wise old crone. Hmm. So we find ourselves 
really being clear with ourselves that we are not the maiden anymore, and we're not the mother. That we right. really, really have uh, a, a new version of ourselves, a new way of being. It's like both wrapped yeah. up in one with yeah. a bow <laughs> and some with sugar sprinkled on top. <laughs> Well, uh, I will let you get on to whoever else whoever probably would like to speak to you by now. All right. Or Thank you so much you. for calling and for oh, sharing your thing. wonderful idea. And oh, uh, well, perhaps, oh, and I'm going to teach my grandson how to make slippery elm balls for Thanksgiving. Yeah. He's two okay. years old. He just turned two. Sharing herbal medicine. I love it. His first Play-Doh, mm. right? <laughs> Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Green blessings to you too. <laughs> Good, Good night. night. All right, and there are two callers that have pressed one with um to let us know they have a question. The first one has dialed in from the seven from the seventh Hello. 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 Hi, Suda. This Hi. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking my call. I called before. I had some question. You helped me. It was really helpful. This time I called. I have question. Uh, it's um, about 22 days ago. I um, I lived in Virginia, so I went to help my husband with the yard breaking uh, their leaves. Just a little bit. I helped. Um, the weather was nice. I were I were. Sh- uh, you know, shorts, and try to get some vitamin D. Uh, um, by the end of the day, I came up and took a shower. I noticed that my legs start itching. Uh, so I thought maybe, you know, mosquito bite or something. I start itching, and I put some lotion. And the next day, um, itching started the next day on Sunday. And Monday, itching become more and become red, um, dark. So it's my lower leg below my knee. On my right leg, on my left leg, I noticed uh, three spots um, smaller than the dime and red spot. And my uh, right leg also, a couple of them I noticed. And I started itching. It was itchy and I just, you know, it was uncomfortable. So I had... Um, Hydrocortisone at from the over-the-counter one point one person. I put it on the red spot, and I noticed that Tuesday uh, it become worse. Even all night uh, was itching, um, and then Tuesday become Wednesday. It, I noticed that the redness is become even little bit bigger, completed the shape of the dime, and um, it's red spot. So I took a picture. My insurance is Kaiser. I took a picture of it. Um, E-visit I did with my doctor. They gave me a prescription um, ointment to put on it. Uh, they said it's a mosquito bite. It's an insect bite. It's they poison ivy. Excuse me. It's poison ivy. Uh, oh, it didn't increase. It was just three spots Poison ivy left, does not increase. Poison ivy doesn't spread. It can't spread. Oh, okay, so if you the real uh, it, the real indicator of poison ivy is itches more at night. Yes, so itches more at it, night. 
is poison ivy. It will go away by its own. You don't need any. I mean, if you want to take drugs, take drugs. But you certainly don't need to take drugs. It's just poison ivy. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't take the drugs. They gave me flocinonide ointment, 0.5%. And so I put it on my leg. Uh, it's 22 days ago. I put on 21 days ago. I started putting, well, like 20 days ago. I started putting my leg. They told me do it twice a day on the spot, which is red. I did that. And uh, the next uh, week, I went and helped my husband in the yard again. This time, I wore a long pants. I wore a short sleeve shirt. I noticed that the same spot it happened to my arm. Um, so I used Wait, the same again, ointment. poison ivy, yes. Yeah. So it did went away on my arm and my right leg. But on my left leg did not go away. It stayed there and it's still itching. So finally, yesterday, I took a picture again. I sent it to the doctor. I uh-huh. said, everywhere and have you, have you, How much plantain ointment have you used? Just a little tiny. The thing is, yesterday, the doctor told me it's a numerular dermatitis. It's an eczema, and it's not going to go away. It's going to be a, you know, uh, it, you, you have just to maintain it. It really scares me. It says the eczema. And I have just two spots on my left leg. So, so think, well, again, mm-hmm. this is why, one of the reasons why I discourage people from asking doctors what to do. Okay. Because doctors are trained in fear. Yes. And by and large, they are going to make you incredibly fearful. Yes, they told me it's an eczema. I went online, researched about it. I was so scared because they said it's not going to go away. You just need to maintain it. Um, So my question is... So what I'm saying is plantain ointment is a really excellent ally for helping to relieve itchiness, no matter what you call it. If you call it eczema, plantain is helpful. If you call it poison ivy, plantain is helpful. Whatever is going on. And it's one of the things that I love about herbs is that herbs don't require us to make a diagnosis. The the doctor, in fact, isn't treating some underlying cause. The doctor is using medicine to treat your symptoms. And so we don't need a diagnosis. We just need, oh, you are itching. What herb stops that? Plantain. Plantain oil, plantain ointment. A wonderful way to slow down and stop itching especially itching that the medical profession believes is going to be chronic. Yeah, it's a plantain, like regular plantain we buy it from the grocery store. The ointment of the plantain, do you think? The plantain is a green plant that grows in lawns. Yes, like banana. Not, not, not a banana. No, I know. It's not different. Very different, yes. And, yes, plantain salve is very easily gotten. 
It is an item of commerce, and most people's plantains have is just wonderful. Most people make it very well. It's, I think, kind of a hard thing to to truly mess up. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, you might even be able to find some plantain where you are. Where, where are you living right now? Virginia. Is, uh, so, oh, is, lots of plant, lots of plantain in Virginia. So if you live where there's a lawn, you might just mm-hmm. go out in your lawn and see if it's there. You can actually um, just um, make a poultice uh, directly from the plantain leaves from the lawn. Plantain leaves from the lawn. I don't yes. know. My my husband keeps the yard so clean; doesn't let anything grow. <laughs> anything uh-huh. that so you're, you're saying that your husband puts chemicals on the lawn to kill things? Yes, please. Yes, because they just want to have a green um, grass, nothing mm-hmm. else. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, that's all neighbor does, and he does. Um, so I buy my everything. I, I buy, like your um, infusion. I do. I buy all of them online. Um, oh, that's absolutely, absolutely perfect. Oh yeah, nettle mm-hmm. generally doesn't grow in your lawn anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But plant, but plantain is a very dependable lawn grower, and mm-hmm. almost everybody's lawn does have plantain. And you know, we started out the show. By somebody, I've just picked some uh, dandelion to have here, and they said, "Well, how do you know it hasn't been sprayed?" And I said, "If it's growing there, it hasn't been sprayed." No, that's right. That's how you know. Yes, we don't. don't, I I grow my own dandelion one once one time here, uh, and uh. then I um, I couldn't the rest of it because he is a. My grass wants to be green and no wheat, <laughs> so <laughs> I cannot win. I cannot win. <laughs> I hear um, you. Yeah. So, so you couldn't grow your uh, you couldn't grow your dandelion. He would not allow that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. No. None of those. Um, so I I have all of those vegetables uh, dried. I bought them online. I have, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. except but I don't have planting. So I'm trying to see if planting because. I don't want to use that. You can probably buy it already made up as an oil or an ointment. Oh, so as an oil, I can buy it as an oil, plantain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so it's a plantain leaves, they make it oil. I can buy that. An oil or an ointment of it, yes. Ointment. I can go online, maybe Amazon has it, waiting, or... Well, Amazon doesn't make any herbal products. No. Um, I'm not sure who, you know, you're thinking of. I prefer, if I'm not making it myself, to buy it from a trusted individual, not just, yeah. not just you know, anybody. Um, but it's, again, we're, all people are very different about what is acceptable to them. And yeah. for me, you know, I, I don't want to just buy a plantain ointment from... Somebody who might have harvested it with a bulldozer. Yeah. The reason I'm just saying it, uh, for example, I buy my products. I buy Nettle Organic Frontier, but also Frontier, right? It too. Yeah, Amazon and has Frontier it might and Frontier might very well have plantain oil or plantain ointment. Okay. 
if since, you already, or, since you already buy from them, that's certainly worth checking. Yeah. 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 Or um, some health food store like Mom around me, I can check on them too. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I just want to know, like, get the right things because I don't want to believe that it's going to stay for the rest of my life. <laughs> no, it's not going to stay for the rest of your life. The plantain oil that I find most effective is made from fresh plantain. So that's what I would tell people to look for on the label is was it made from dried plantain or fresh plantain. Okay, fresh plantain. Thanks. Yeah. Okay, I will do that. Thank you very much, um, yeah. Susan. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, yes, and I, I'm, I mean, I'm quite sure that this is gonna, this is gonna work out. Um, you know, you have a very good ability to help yourself by your thoughts. And it's very important yeah. for you right now to offer yourself that help by always envisioning this skin as being whole and yeah, being healthy. I yes? Yes, I do that. I vision yes. <laughs> during my prayer, and it's like my skin is clear. <laughs> but then I look at it. Well, and now you see, in, in, that, that's, it's a little tricky because if you envision things going away, then you're actually adding energy to them. So that's what I'm saying. Rather than that, just envision that your skin is healthy because that's what we want. And that sets up an easy resonance for your body to follow. And I know that you are good at this. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you you have you on your side. (laughs) Thank you. I was just... I was working until half an hour ago, and I said, I need to come home and, you know, talk to Susan, because I know she has some answer for me. Right. All right. Well, good. And you'll call back whenever you need to. Sure. Thank you. Have a great holiday. Have a great holiday. Thank you. You too. Green blessings. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. All right. And I'll remind if you would like to speak live with Susan this evening, please press 1 so that we can see your hand go up in the queue. Uh, we have one caller that has pressed 1, and you are dialed in from the 212 area code. From the 212, you are live with Susan. Susan, hi, it's Lauren. Hey, Lauren. Hi, you, my dear. Um, I wasn't sure I was going to buzz in, and then I heard... The song, I am, uh, there is an old woman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> was, that, was that Marie Summerwood? That's Marie, our yeah. beloved Marie, yes. Oh, gosh, I remember singing it, and I've been thinking about it lately. So it was kind of like, yes, of course, talk to Susan. Oh, my gosh. Talk to Susan oh. about this. <laughs> I'm leaving the rocky coast. I'm moving. You are moving. I'm moving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I I had put myself on a list of a building, and the number came up really quicker than I thought. Whoa. I'm going back to the city because people and trees, you know? 
people and in trees. People here. in trees, and oh my God, it, the, the here it's 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 marvelous. The sunrise and the sunset and the whole everything and the outside, and I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to be adjusting. <laughs> I think. I need it for this transition, for this old woman I'm becoming uh, right now. And I'm realizing it doesn't have to be exactly forever. I may head out for the hills. I think I want to be a witch in the woods eventually. Yes, um, but now yes. I so need people and trees. I find myself getting so tapped out with the tasks and Instead of enjoying them, I'm finding as I go through books and clothes and donate and donate and donate and let it go, I'm traveling past all these parts of myself, who I was, who I thought I should be, and letting it go, and that's feeling really good. But I'm also, uh, my battery runs down so fast. Oh, I hear you. Hmm. Just in this going through things, or in general? Um, in in general, but I mean, the last few weeks have been pack, 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 and pack, actually pack, pack, today, right. today and yesterday, I had everything confirmed about dates and lease and everything. So I think I was Ooh. a little on edge about that. Um, I think so. But now it's all sort of settled. So maybe I won't be so tapped out as I pack, pack, pack. But yeah, my my, it, it, I'm, every day it's kind of like, yeah, is this so hard again? And you know, what have I done today? And I realize I'm doing a lot. But yeah, and I'm trying to like drop that judginess and just be present with everything because it is, and it could be so glorious, and yet I'm struggling with the energy and just. Yeah, <laughs> it is hard. It is harder to be compassionate with yourself than it is with anyone else. Of course, <laughs> yes. It's a much harder to just say, "Okay, this is what I have to give right now." Mm. Mm. And I'm. I. I don't have to do more than I truly can do. And it's partly because you really, really know now the consequences of that. Yeah, yeah. And you are very wisely choosing to avoid those consequences. That in the past, you have pushed yourself quite hard mm. and you've gotten what you wanted from that There's no reason why we can't push ourselves now and then but as you say this old woman that you're becoming she doesn't want so much push does she no no that's something I surely realized in this in this isolation <laughs> spiritual retreat and COVID work that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the great resignation of, 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 of pushing things. That, that the basic, going back to the basics of being, being still, and having a regular 
meditation practice and movement. It's better for me and my work and doing remote work is really working beautifully and I want to continue that. I'm scaling things back so I can really be present with the people I work with, but really be present with me for the first time probably. Yes. And I really want to ask you this question and I'm really prepared for you not even to remember what I'm talking about. Okay. (laughs) But when I was apprenticing and you asked me to be silent for a period of time, was that what you were getting at? Was that what? Was that what you were trying to help me see? Usually, when I ask an apprentice to be silent, it is because they are making excuse after excuse after excuse. Mm. And I invite them to enter into the silence to give them the possibility to not have to contend with all of those voices that are always... If you're making excuses and inner voices are telling you that you're wrong. Yes. That was surely true. And we all deserve... To be kinder to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that silence can often be an entryway into that kindness. Mm-hmm. The ideal, of course, is the silence, that you settle into the silence and it becomes an inner silence. Yes, Constant chattering of telling yourself, you know, this is so and that's so, just stops for a while. most Most of it isn't so. I wasn't ready for it at all, but it, it, it was something I always wanted to talk to you about. But, no, actually, it was something I wanted to talk to you about in the last few years because it's what I've been doing, finally. Mm. Mm. And I wondered if, if that's what you were trying with me when I was not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> But you were ready to hold on to it until you were ready for it, and that counts. Oh, my God, that just took the top of my head off. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I guess I, guess I was. It's okay, to be, it's okay to be kind to yourself. We don't always have to find ourselves at fault. <gasps> yeah. Mm, thank you. Yes. Well, I'm going to sneeze. Oh, bless you. <laughs> oh. Goodness. Oh. 
was nice. <laughs> I like sneezing. Sneezing's fun. What a fun thing that we can do. Clean things out, move things along. Yeah, sneeze, sneeze, sneeze. All right. Very good. I can smell better. Ah. So, you're moving to what part of Manhattan? The Upper West. Um, It's going to be a block from Central Park, which is very exciting to me. Oh, my goodness. That's yeah. Oh, that's going to be great. It's around the corner from my closest friend (laughs) and across the street from some other really good friends. Yes, yes, yes. All right. And I can... So isolated here. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm so, so glad that's coming to an end. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really want to be more in community and involved in things with people very much right now. Um, I say that and I realize, wait, stop. If I'm getting so tapped out, I want to maybe ease into this. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of thinking that, you know, that oh, it's I'm wondering if it's going to be just it's going to it's going to be an adjustment to be near. I guess we're all going through that with COVID and. We're not really. I mean, everybody's saying, "Oh, it's over." I don't really feel that it is, and yet I kind of need to try myself out a little more than I have been here. Uh, I guess. Yeah. 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 And you can trust yourself. And you can trust that you brought this to pass mm. Mm. and that you've brought it to pass in a time and a way that will be perfect for you. Yeah, it it it, it really does feel that way. And I guess that I just need a little reinforcement to say, you know, it's okay, like, like the stuff... The, the plans that I was going to do, if, if it's not working out today, it'll work out tomorrow. <laughs> yes. Yes. Things go on and on yeah. and on. And on and on, hopefully. And on and on. <laughs> if we work it right now. Yeah. Uh, Thank well, you so I... much for being there and being there and being there. You're an anchor in so many ways. I've learned so much. It's opened me and so I can't even tell you. Mm. Mm. Thank you for holding on to things and remembering things and being available to those things when it's their time. Thank you. I love you, Lauren. I love you, Susan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful really, for you. Really wanted a hug, and that's what I'm feeling right now. Sending it to you. Weeks of gratitude, yes. Mm, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. And to be continued. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. To be continued. So make sure that I get your updated information. I will. 
Because you know I'm one of those people who likes to mail things around. Absolutely, absolutely. I I love getting mail from you. Um, to Kim at, at the the herbal, the people that send out the RSVP stuff and that stuff, right? Or you could just drop me a note to PO Box. Dara, yes, of course. That that's really <laughs> the very very best way. That I way I get that. it and nobody else has to be involved. Excellent, 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 excellent. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, Love then, you. my love. Mm. Mwah. Good night. Green blessings. Love my blessings to you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm. Take on this. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Night. All right. And at this time, I do not see any raised, but I will remind everyone that if you have a question, you can press 1, and your hand will go up in the queue, and we will connect you live to ask your question to Susan. Um. I think we do have one email question, if you want to hear that. Oh, yes. Let's deal with an email question. I like that a lot. Let's see here. Uh, All right. Hello, Susan. Do you have any suggestions for OCD? My 12-year-old has recently been diagnosed with it. And for the last three years, we have noticed his obsessive behaviors becoming more pronounced and consistent. The doctors are recommending drugs, and I am very reluctant to begin what could easily become a lifelong reliance on drugs when he is only 12 years old. Do you have any suggestions to help change in OCD behavior? He also is more anxious in general standard of perfection, which he believes he falls short, and this is OCD um, to be more intense. I am open to herbs and behavioral techniques that you may suggest. Thank you. Mm. Very difficult to really understand and be at ease with people who um, display behaviors that seem so disturbing and wrong to us. It's hard for us to understand how it's right for them. And especially when there's a diagnosis, um, we continually come back to the point that the reason for the diagnosis is so there can be a treatment. And so the treatment for obsessive-compulsive is drugs. There isn't an herbal treatment for obsessive-compulsive behavior. And that's partly because it's not actually 
set aside into that category. So, if we strip our uncomfortableness away, what do we have? We have repetitive behaviors engaged in by people who are what? Afraid. Obsessive-compulsive is about fear. So we would ask ourselves, what kind of herbs and behavior modification can help people who are in fear that I would go with? How can I understand this person's fear? It's too hard to understand their reaction to their fear, but I can understand their fear because I, as a human being, also experience fear. What can I do right now, what this young man is doing, to reduce his fear to the point where it's tolerable, is, well, we're not told. It could be washing hands. It could be tapping on the doorframe. There are a huge number of fairly common repetitive behaviors that people who are diagnosed as obsessive-compulsive engage in. And every now and then it kind of floats up into my mind. Somebody said to me, well, I'm obsessive-compulsive. And I said, oh, who diagnosed you? Because I been working with her for a while, and she certainly wasn't, at least if she was, she was hiding it really well, and she said, oh, I just know, because thoughts keep going around and around in my mind, and I said, no, that's that's how the mind works, the mind like grabs little bits of things and then sends them around and around and around, bread and butter, bread and butter, bread and butter, this funny little um saying in a potholder down in this kitchen here in California, and it says, I love you like biscuits love gravy. I, gee, it never even occurred to me that biscuits loved gravy. <laughs> so, so, a skullcap is one of the herbs that I think of as relieving fear. And what do you do to relieve your fear? What else can we offer? Every behavior that a human being engages in, in some way, encourages the ongoing life of that organism. Otherwise, we just simply couldn't do it. All my time in nature has absolutely convinced me that there's no such thing as actually self-destructive behavior, although we can judge behavior to be that way. If we can understand what we really want or what we really need, then we actually have a fair chance to get it. There are a great many alternative therapists who believe that this kind of behavior is linked to lack of minerals. So if your son is not already drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day, figure out some way to get him to drink nourishing herbal infusion. It can be mixed with any other drink. But do see if mineralizing can help. So there's some general ideas. 
working with specific herbs that can help to ally fear and remineralizing whenever we're working with anything, any part of the nervous system, really want to make sure we've got plenty, plenty, plenty of minerals available. And that's pretty much it, although if they were on the phone, I would ask them lots more questions. Three blessings. All right. In the queue at this time, I'll remind everyone listening, if you do have there we go. We have hands from the 504 with a question from the 504. You are live with Susan. Good evening, Susan. Good I evening. I had a quick question about fire cider. Can you talk about your thoughts? I know that we try to avoid things that are irritating like pepper, and I just want to hear more about what you think. Um, well, I'm not sure if I have much new things to say. In countries where there isn't refrigeration and the average air temperature is hot enough that it spoils food, it's important to have some kind of pepper on the food because it helps sterilize it. People can habituate themselves to that. In fact, I have thought that it's physically addictive using hot pepper because the people that I see that do it tend to, over time, increase their dosage and become more and more focused on it to the point where people like my brother make their own hot sauce because he can't buy anything hot enough and he carries it with him and puts it on everything he eats. It's very much seems like seems like addictive behavior to me. Now, we can certainly say, well, people can be addicted to, like, white sugar. But in general, if somebody says, I'm addicted to white sugar, and I can get them to drink nourishing herbal infusion and eat cooked food, they stop being addicted to white sugar. So I'm not sure if that was a real addiction. Although certainly lab rats do get addicted to it. So what is this thing with pepper? Are you a kind of slow person who needs to have a fire lit under you? Well, pepper will light a fire under you. Are you someone who finds that you work best if you are feeling pushed or hurt or stressed then pepper can do those things it's one of the more interesting cultural things that's going on and certainly that I can see over my lifetime my granddaughter and my daughter and I were attempting 
to play billiards this afternoon. And my daughter said the last time she played was 30 years ago. And my granddaughter and I have never played. So we were we were pretty funny. All right. Things are flying <laughs> everywhere. I was the winner at getting the white ball in the hole. I know you're not supposed to do that at all. And I said, oh, this is like the Three Stooges. And the Three Stooges, of course, were slapstick. And my daughter said, you know, I never found it funny. I never found it funny when people slap or hit or hurt each other. And we are freeing ourselves of this more and more and more. You know, it was... I. Sorry to say, a pretty Christian concept that that uh, life was supposed to be misery, and your reward was after you died. Mm. And it's you know one of the better things that we gave up when we gave up God, mm-hmm. and it is certainly one of the things that is most attracted me to working for the goddess. Is the goddess says very clearly, acts of pleasure and beauty are what honor me. I don't want you to, like, hurt yourselves in my name. I don't want you to hurt other people in my name. And unfortunately, a lot of the gods on this planet do suggest that we hurt ourselves and hurt other people in their names. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm glad that we are finding other ways to be and that slapstick isn't funny to us anymore and making... Um, you know, ourselves feel pain, the heroic whole, no pain, no gain of the heroic tradition. That it's, I'm not in any way saying it's gone, it's a very large part of the current culture, but there are more and more people who are willing to look for pleasure instead of pushing themselves to think the pain is the way to go. And so that's, to me, that's about the pepper. Because what does pepper feel like? What's the sensation of pepper? It's pain. It's actual pain. And fire cider asks us then to not only use pepper in cider, but then to add horseradish. Mm-hmm. and other things. Now, <clears throat> I have a garlic oxymel um, right on my breakfast table, and I'd love to take a big swallow of garlic oxymel, but that certainly isn't painful. It might be a little breathtaking. <laughs> okay. But it doesn't hurt, right? Right. Right. And my body says... Wow, that was some garlic you just swallowed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. But it doesn't say, are you crazy? What did you just put in me? So, um, you know, apple cider vinegar is a wonderful vehicle for grabbing hold of the antioxidants from plants. And it really picks up tastes as well. And if you're habituated to pepper, then you're going to want condensed pepper in it, and making your own vinegar is a great way to go. But if if not, well, hey, 
try some horseradish vinegar. I personally think horseradish vinegar is pretty stunning. And I make it from Aliaria officinalis as well, which is wild horseradish. And the root is what makes a very tasty vinegar. I make sure to get uh, the bottom of the leaf stalks because the the top has a lot of uh, anthocyanins, the, the bottom of the leaf stalks, the top of the root. And it turns the vinegar this really pretty kind of uh, pinky purpley color. Okay. And are you chopping fresh? Fresh plant material and pouring yes. apple cider vinegar. Okay. Yeah. Fresh pasteurized, pasteurized apple cider vinegar. I always bring it to a boil and let it cool down before I use it, so that I'm not getting all those spores and molds and all those things that react poorly with the plants. Mm. Okay. Okay. How long should it remain in that pasteurized vinegar before it's ready to use? It depends on how long you can wait. Things that have very strong taste, like garlic and horseradish, you can use the next day if you really want to. Okay. They they mellow and get much more interesting tasting, you know, over the course of a full six weeks. But you get a really, you know, my uh, like my leek top vinegar. I start using it within three or four days because I can hardly wait to get, get that <laughs> vinegar. I love it so much. Sounds so good. <laughs> and so nice to have something to do with the those pieces of leek that just can't cook too tough. And for the garlic oxymel, are you uh, making a ratio, maybe half half and half, the vinegar to under vodka? Yes, and often because I'll be doing them at different times of the year, I'll make the garlic vinegar and the garlic honey separately and then combine them. Oh, the honey. Okay, right, right. Oh, wow. And do the cloves soften up and turn the mush, or do they stay pretty firm? In in the honey, they actually kind of crystallize and get honeyed, and they're delicious. <laughs> And in the vinegar, they get like pickled garlic. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. And you, right, and you don't have to peel them because the peel will just slide off when it's done. Okay. Wow. I do break them I break them out of the head, right? I like break open the head and take out that center thing and the roots so I have individual cloves. And I get rid of the like papery peel, but I don't like take the time to peel the cloves of garlic. Oh, that's perfect. Okay. And will there be maybe, I'm imagining there might be some liquid from within the clove that may settle to the bottom or... or... What actually happens in the honey is that the liquidy part of the garlic mixes with the honey. And rather than having kind of like a solid honey like you might get from sage or rosemary, it gets it gets um, like... A, like more and more liquid so that you can actually like spoon it out, uh, pour it out. And in the vinegar, um, there's nothing that settles out. It just, again, the the water in the garlic, it just becomes part of the vinegar. 
I love it. Wow. Okay, I've got some projects waiting on me. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thanks for your call. Green blessings. Good night. Green blessings. All right, and we don't see any hands raised in the queue. It looks like we have about 27 minutes. And, um, Yes, so people can keep calling in, even though this is the time when we would usually have an interview. Our interviewee decided to spend Thanksgiving with their family, and we are in total support of that. So Sarah Ellen and I are going to carry on. And if you want to carry on with us, you are welcome to carry on with us, to push one, to ask questions, make comments, whatever is going on. We were walking today here in California, Looking at the different pines, you know, um, it's true that my show, my December show for Healthy Life is on pine. and a wonderful pine. Um, finding out even more about pine. Pine's always been a big favorite of mine, especially white pine. And here in California, we were noticing uh, all kinds of different pines and how amazing that they can grow in such a dry area. And we found some longleaf pine, and I was saying, oh, these are wonderful for making baskets, because the, mm. the needles on the pine are like, oh, maybe 12 to 14 inches long. So you can really make a coiled basket very easily. You have to soak them and get them, you know, pliable and damp again. And then you um, stitch it with sinew. Wow. And then we found, we found, I don't know what kind of pine it is, but huge pine cones. The pine cones are, I don't know, like maybe 12 to 14 inches from top to bottom. They're really big. Wow. And um, then I said to Justine, I said, oh, I remember when you had some pine cones like this, and they were like gold and silver. And she said, my husband's dad made those. He used to turn them into like miniature Christmas trees. He would kill them, oh. like put like snow on them. And I picked up one and it had, you know, the pine sap just coming off the edge of the scale of the cone. The cone was just open and there was the sap just stabilized right at that tip. And the sun, you know, that autumn into winter sun slanting down and coming through it and it was just like sending off prisms of light and opalescent glows. And we were just in, in so much awe at the beauty of these pine cones. Mm, wow. I bet they smelled so good, too, if there was sap. Could, yeah. oh, of course, my hand mm. was black. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> I said to Monica Dean, because she was, you know, picking them up and putting them in her blouse, you know, the way you use the front of your blouse to carry back. Oh. It's going to stay. It's going to stay. She said, it's a black shirt. It's okay. I'm like, mm. <laughs> So what's up at your place? What's new and interesting there at your farm? Oh, um, well, as I mentioned a little bit at the beginning, getting the last bit of planting done, um, planting some things. Conifers and Douglas firs, and um, we 
I went through the week last week with the goat, with Odin, um, having his urinary issue. And right. um, I think we've, we've steered it up. Um, we got as far as we had this Saturday morning. We did. Um, I thought, you know, I don't want to take this too long. I hadn't seen, like, a nice, strong flow. So um, my husband agreed to help. I uh, didn't think it was a good idea to drive solo in the car with him. So, but he was very calm and chill in the car. And so you did put the goat in the car and drove off to the vet. We did. I had an appointment for eight thirty Saturday like morning. Be, goats so. like being in the car. He was okay in the car, right? He was totally great in the car. He was, yeah. and um, yeah, it worked so well. We got halfway there, and he just started peeing. <laughs> oh my gosh! All over the car. Well, we had it all tarped and everything because I had planned on, you know, oh, if we went to the vet, he would, and he would pee on the way home anyway. So, right. yeah, the tarps, and it was fine. It was great. I called the vet. We turned around and came home. So, um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was quite the scene in the car. Um, it was just, wow. it was fun. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, well, how yeah, successful that was yeah. 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 So I this week have just been feeling extra grateful um to just have you know, the things in the barn and going on as the normal stuff, not out there frequently trying to tend to something that could turn into an emergency pretty quickly. So mm. been just feeling grateful this week and starting yeah. to get ready. Thursday, yeah. <laughs> yes. I remember the very memorable Thanksgiving many, many, many years ago. Over 50 years ago. I was actually in Manhattan. And we had been invited to these other people's apartment for Thanksgiving. And we got there pretty early. And the woman of the house had an axe. And she was attacking a blue Hubbard squash. This blue, this giant blue Hubbard squash, the thing must have weighed. This was enormous. And she was trying to break it open with this axe because she didn't have a knife in the house that was big enough to even approach it with. Sounds dangerous. (laughs) It was. It was dangerous, but it was a very good squash when we finally got it open. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, it was wow. one of those, we're going to have stuffed squash instead of stuffed bird for, for Thanksgiving, but we, have to, but we have to get the squash open first. <laughs> wow. And those hybrids have thick skin. They're, they, they're not looking down... Here's a funny one on me. I planted some seeds. They were wrapped up in red flannel, and they said, Ancestor squash, and I planted some of them in a pot. And one of them grew like crazy and had a little round squash that looked for all the world like a watermelon. And I said, I know that that was not a watermelon seed that I planted, that that was ancestor squash. So I'm just going to say that this ancestor squash looks like watermelon from the outside. And I kept it on the counter for a long time. As a matter of fact, I just cut it open before I left for California. 
Um, and I said, see if it can't be a watermelon, because a watermelon would have rotted for next, by now. Wrong. It was a watermelon. <gasps> oh, my goodness. But I saved some of the seeds, so it must be, a, you know, a good, you know, open-pollinated watermelon. To save some seeds, so plant some of the seeds next year. Maybe I'll, and I said, and maybe I'll be smart enough to eat it as a watermelon next year instead of watching it. That is. <laughs> but we were convinced that when I cut it open, there was going to be orange flesh in there. But nope, it was, and it was the flesh was rotten. The rind was still good. How interesting! It was just like whoa. I guess it's because it had never been refrigerated. I don't know. Wow. And you think it was just by chance that watermelon grew where you thought you had planted squash seeds? Or do you think Well, they I were know I did plant the squash seeds, and I think it was just by chance that the watermelon grew. Yes, God only knows. That is funny. Oh, wow. You know, you, know I can, you know I make cool compost, so there's always seeds in my compost that can germinate. Tomato seeds, squash seeds. Maybe watermelon seeds. Who knows? Guess so. One of the oh. things I really liked about it was that this vine just grew like the Dickens. Had flowers, made a fruit, and then shut down and died. I'm like, whoa. That was the fastest cucurbit I had ever grown. And so it had no insects on it of any kind. Because it mm. just got out there, did it, and then said bye. I'm like, Wow. Oh. Didn't try for a second one. It was like, I, I just made you a fruit. That's it. Right? Enjoy it. Thank you very much. And I'm at it. Mm. <laughs> wow. So we'll, we'll see if their seeds do the same thing. Because the, the cucurbit crops are bothered by a lot of different insects, many of which very quickly total your crop. Cucumbers are tough. I have not had success with cucumbers. Not cucumbers, cucurbits. Oh, what are cucurbits? It includes all the squash. Summer squash, zucchini, cucumbers, winter squash, delicata, acorn squash, uh, watermelons, cantaloupe, honeydews. Those are all cucurbits. Gourds. Oh, wow. Interesting. I can grow all the others, just the cucumber. Just the cucumbers. (laughs) Right. Those, keep those trying to get, keep keep trying different varieties. You'll find a cucumber variety that your area likes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So or even I or even find... ask people. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. That's in That's... fact why there were all of those different varieties. Mm. I think I, I think I remember reading that at one point there were over. 3,000 different kinds of oats, and I think we're down to um, that commercially, there are just about five different kinds of oats that are grown. Wow. And we wow. don't even think of it. We just think of oh, oats. We don't think of different kinds of oats, but there really are. Different mm-hmm. kinds of corn and different kinds of wheat, right? Right. Yeah, definitely with corn. Yeah. I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a hard one for me because I've been told, is this true, that when you're growing corn, you really should plant one corn because when they cross-pollinate, plenty of things can happen? Is it you should plant one kind of corn because they can cross-pollinate? Right. 
Well, that is, that, that is true that any wind-pollinated plant can cross-pollinate. But I think more importantly is that it also means you shouldn't plant corn in rows. Mm-hmm. Right? Squares or rounds so that it can get wind-pollinated. I know that the big cornfields, they basically say that the outer two rows or for the wildlife. I've heard that. Yeah, they're not, they don't, the pollination won't be good on the edges. It's a simple way to Hmm. say it. Interesting. Interesting. And I'm not sure that it's a huge problem unless you're growing open pollinated corn. Uh-huh. In other words, most of the corn that people grow is hybrid corn. Why would people want to buy hybrid corn or grow hybrid corn? Because the non-hybrid varieties go from sugar to starch very fast. It used to be, before we had the hybrid sweet corn, that we would call the farm and say, we would like to come over and buy X number of dozen ears. They would go out to the field, pick that corn. We would come, give them the money, turn around, come home to a house in which a pot of water was already boiling, and put the corn in it. Wow. Wow. Otherwise, you didn't really stand chance of having anything other than kind of sticky, starchy sweet corn. Oh, my. And if you're growing a hybrid, then A, you're not going to save the seeds, and B, it's not going to cross-pollinate, so eh. Okay. Well, that makes sense. It's the same thing, you know. I say, well, yeah, there's some nice heirloom tomatoes, but in general... The reason we don't grow them anymore is because the hybrids are hardier, more disease-resistant, more insect-resistant. It's not like people just said, oh, we're going to leave all these really great-tasting vegetables behind to to have things that don't taste good. <laughs> they said, no, how about if we have to deal with less problems in the garden? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anytime anybody offers less problems in the garden, we all go, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yes. so interesting how many different things can come up. And not not usually the same thing twice, um, you know, at least not in the same order. Not the same <laughs> approach. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm. So... Ah, I think we have no more email questions. We do not have any further emails. We have no. I think we have no hands raised, and so let us be thankful here for a moment for mm. the end of suffering, for the openness of no problem. It is like all that we experience in life, bound to change. But for right now, we can say, ah, there are no problems. 
happy to chat more if there's more that you want to talk about. And if there's not, maybe we should just give ourselves 15 minutes off tonight. Sure. Um, I guess if I have one further question, since it's going to be a big day of cooking on Thursday, how about any one recipe that you would want to share for suggestions to make the feast extra tasty? (laughs) You know, I'm a big fan of cranberry sauce. And I really enjoy making cranberry sauce. And this is the time of the year when you can usually get cranberries in the store. And so, first of all, buy a lot. You know, throw four or five or six bags of cranberries into your cart. And just put the ones that you're not going to use for your feast in the freezer. They'll keep very well for a year. And that will encourage you to have more cranberries. So, really simple cranberry sauce starts with a bag of cranberries and I usually use enough of my fresh pressed apple cider to get them cooking so they don't like burn and they'll break open and they'll get a little juicy in themselves and if I have to add a little more of my apple cider I will and I like to put in with it either or both some ginger. Often there's fresh ginger to be had. Or, alternatively, I might have ginger left from some project. Maybe I made a ginger honey and I have some ginger left over from that. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, so just like last year, I had ginger fizz and then I had all the ginger left over from the bottom of the fizz. And I chopped that up and put that in my cranberry sauce. And mm. my friend Betsy, who lives in Tucson, sends me citrus every winter, and I very carefully save and dry all of the peel. And I throw in pretty small pieces of that peel in with my cranberry sauce, and a lot of it. Wow, that sounds delicious. Yeah, so it's cooked cranberries, ginger, and citrus peel, orange peel, lemon peel, tangerine peel, whatever kind of peel that you have. I don't use the grapefruit peel. It's the bitterest of them all. Mm. And, of course, the orange peel is loaded with antioxidants, and so are the cranberries. And the ginger is a wonderful warming, and um, it helps you to digest food. So a wonderful side dish to go along with all of the other feast foods you're having. Mm. Thank you. So delicious. Wow. Sounds Thanks for asking. Oh, and sweeten it. Put some honey in. Put some maple syrup in. Cranberries are very sour. You're going to want some sweetener. You might even want some you know, organic sugar. Sweeten it. Taste it. If it's not sweet enough, add some more. It's okay. It's supposed to be sweet. Will do. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> sounds Green blessings. Thank you so much for all that you do, Sarah Allen. And thank you, Justine. And thank you, listeners. We're restoring our medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. Good night, everybody. Good night.